My name is Jessamine Anderson Frain, and you're listening to Becoming Beauty. Our hearts were made for the infinite, so the ache we feel for more than this earthly life should drive us forward. But to where? And how do we get there? In this podcast, we're exploring what it practically and tangibly means, as C.S. Lewis says, to be united with the beauty we see and become part of it. This requires our entire being, body and soul. So we'll need both to journey well. Let us begin. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Becoming Beauty. I got a lot of feedback, all positive, thank you, on my last episode where I shared what I want women to know about birth. Truly, thank you to everyone who reached out to share their thoughts. I really loved reading your thoughts and I'm glad it was helpful and I'm especially glad you felt it was a balanced approach to the topic because that was my hope. I didn't want it to come across as accusatory or like I am right and you are wrong. So I'm really glad that you felt it was a balanced approach. My daughter, Guinevere, is turning two next week, which is absolutely nuts. People with older kids always say, don't blink. They're not kidding. (laughs) How the heck is she already two? So in celebration of her upcoming birthday, and since last episode was such a hit, I am sticking with the birth theme by sharing why I chose to have a home birth and then how that experience unfolded. So I will start with how I made the decision to have a home birth. If you had asked me five years ago if I'd have a home birth, I would have asked you two questions. Is that even legal? And do you think I'm crazy? And yet, (laughs) here we are. So the question now is, how did we get here? I've been sorting through my thoughts, trying to remember all the details that led me to choose this option. And I kind of found three standout factors. My community my personal experience with hospitals, and my first call with my midwife. The first factor was most definitely my community. Like if we're looking at dominoes here, like that's the first domino and it's probably the biggest factor. Home birth is very common where I live. And in my first circle of friends upon moving here, a few women had opted for home births. One of my friends had all four of her kids at home. So before I was even pregnant, they shared their birth experiences with me, especially their birth experience with a particular midwife in our area. They raved about her. They shared how much they loved her. They shared how peaceful it was to be at home, to labor in peace, to sleep in their own bed after giving birth. They just were so grateful that that was the route they had gone. I wasn't convinced at this point that they were completely sane, but I was at least interested in what they had to say. My friend Kathy, the one who had all four at home, said that she and her husband also thought home birth was crazy. So when I asked her what changed her mind, she said that they had visited some friends from their hometown and they were blessed to visit them. It was something like either the day after or like the night after they'd had one of their babies. Like it was just the timing was kind of wild. So they ended up at their friend's house, like right after they'd had one of their kids. She said that they walked into their home and it was just peaceful. It was like nothing had happened except there was this new baby here. And she was expecting, I think, more of like a medical setup or the midwives to be there. I don't know what she expected, but she just said it was so unexpectedly peaceful. It was like life just kept moving forward. Their older kids were all home with them. 
the mom was sleeping in her own bed. She was snuggled up with her new baby. And Kathy explained that that encounter with a home birth family completely changed her and her husband. So when they got pregnant with their first, they opted for a home birth and never looked back. Also, I do know that Kathy is trained as a nurse, and she said that her experience in the labor and delivery ward um, wasn't a very positive one. She saw some things that really made her question a lot of practices, and so I think she said that also kind of um, helped her to go the home birth route. My friend Amber has had different birth experiences, but her third was born at home, and she's also now expecting a fourth and planning a home birth with that same midwife. Amber has been on quite the holistic health journey, so she's made a lot of wellness changes since her first was born. I have loved learning about natural motherhood from her. I remember when I was pregnant, I sat down with her to kind of go over my registry. I just wanted some help on like how to choose good things and, you know, some non-toxic products to use and all of that. So she has a really interesting perspective because she's given birth in a couple different settings and has decided that home birth is by far her best option. And a big part of that is her amazing midwife who became my midwife as well and was Kathy's midwife. When I became pregnant and I opted for a home birth, I started to learn just how many women in my community choose to give birth at home. It's actually kind of wild to me. Like it's everywhere in my town, women at my church, women in my bar studio, women I've randomly met at coffee shops. It's just like part of the culture here. Our town in Tennessee is a really interesting place. And I have found that there's a huge and growing holistic wellness community here. Um, That's a more formal way to say, I live in a really crunchy place. Okay. It's very crunchy down here. There's even a large health food store literally on main street, like just off the town square. So that should tell you something about my town when like Columbia health foods has prime real estate, you know where you live. So it's not shocking to me that a lot of women choose home birth in a place like this. I just never imagined living in a place like this, but I love it. And I feel like I'm constantly learning and growing alongside people who are pursuing God's design for their bodies. And that is an enormous gift. Okay. So first factor was my community, wild community. I live in a place where home birth is very common. And a lot of my friends have chosen home birth. The second factor was my personal experience with hospitals. This could make me a little emotional, so just I'm just letting you know that. So the easiest way to explain my decision to avoid a hospital birth is this. I did not want to become a mom in the same place I lost mine. My main experience in a hospital setting is sitting in a waiting room for the last weeks of my mom's life. She battled cancer in 2019. And she died from a rare blood disorder that she developed as a result of her treatment. She spent the last few weeks of her life in the ICU and the ICU nurses were, wow, they were amazing. Um, Being an ICU nurse is a very special calling and it is not for the faint of heart or the hardened of heart. So as much as I advocate for home birth, I want people to know I am not against hospitals. I am not against modern medicine. I have seen the good done in those places and I have seen lives saved by doctors and nurses and medical technology. My mom's life is not one of them, but that's not anyone's fault. So I don't hate hospitals. I do believe hospitals and medicine can do amazing things for sick people for people who need life-saving care. Thank you, Jesus, for hospitals and 
and all of the care providers who save lives every day. Thank you. Here's my thing though. I don't think pregnant women are sick people. At least a majority of pregnant women are not sick people. Some are. Some have major health risks associated with their pregnancy, but most, like a vast majority, do not. So it breaks my heart that we've been conditioned to believe that something healthy and normal, low-risk birth, needs to be in a hospital setting because it doesn't have to be there. Giving birth is part of wellness, not sickness. So I just... I just couldn't bear the idea of becoming a mother in the place I lost mine. I just couldn't do it. And because of the community I live in, where I'm surrounded by women who have made different choices, my eyes were open to the fact that I didn't have to give birth in a hospital. I had other options available to me. I could become a mother in my home, a place where I feel comfortable and at peace. I could give birth naturally without interventions if I took the time to educate myself and really learn what's happening during labor and delivery, to really learn how my body is designed to give birth. And I could take on the suffering and the pain of childbirth as heavy as that burden was because I knew it was finite and I knew that God was with me the entire time. I was afraid of the pain. Don't get me wrong. So I I was definitely afraid of the pain and that's okay. That's completely normal. But for me, having an unmedicated labor at home was a much more peaceful option than going to the hospital. So I'm really glad I had that option available to me and that I chose it. The third factor in my home birth decision was my midwife, Tanya. Oh my gosh. I could cry talking about this woman because I just love her so much. She is the most incredible medical care provider I have ever had. And I know I'm not alone in this thought because she is in such high demand down here. To get on her schedule, I'm going to call her literally the day I have a positive pregnancy text for her next baby. Like, it'll be like, okay, Steven, I'm pregnant. We're calling Tanya. (laughs) Before I was even an official client of hers, she spent an hour on the phone with me, just getting to know me, sharing how the home birth process works, what the appointment schedule would look like, all of those things an hour before I was a paying client. This is unheard of in the medical space and most hospital experiences. Tanya was kind, compassionate, gentle, inviting, honest, warm. She just made me feel so at peace. That's the theme here, the peace. There's a lot of the theme of peace is very prevalent in my decision with home birth. I remember getting off the phone with her and thinking, well, I guess I'm giving birth at home because I have to have this woman as my care provider. I was like, who needs pain relief when this woman's going to be my midwife? Believe me, there were many points in my birth where I was like, dear Lord, why did I choose to do this? I looked forward to every single appointment with her. Every appointment was about an hour long. So we really got to know each other as people, not just as patient and midwife. Stephen was able to come with me to most appointments, and he said he really enjoyed that because he was able to build a relationship with her, which made the actual birth experience easier for him. I was in a weird place with my body image when I got pregnant, and I shared with Tanya that I just really didn't want to know what my weight was during pregnancy. She never made me step on a scale. Not once. She said she could easily use other metrics to make sure I was healthy and on track. 
I felt comfortable asking a million questions. I'm a very curious person. Um, it's not out of like a distrust. It's out of like a genuine desire and love of learning. So I got to ask a million questions. I felt comfortable in my body with her. I felt comfortable sharing my faith because she's also a devout Christian. I just, mm, I just love this woman. Something I found interesting about my midwife is that she was actually an ER nurse for 25 years before retiring from that job and then becoming a home birth midwife and getting her midwifery certification. It seems kind of odd. So she shared, she shared that she liked ER medicine because she saw modern medical technology being used as it is intended, which is for life-saving purposes. So she had peace working in that kind of hospital setting. She said she could never have worked in labor and delivery. She would have been fired because she hated so many of the protocols. So now she works as a midwife outside the hospital system, but with 25 years of hospital medical training. So yeah, I felt safe with her. <laughs> I felt very safe with her. I truly cannot say enough good things about Tanya. She is an incredible midwife and someone I look up to very much. I really hope to have some more babies with her as my midwife. I've now shared how I chose a home birth. And so I'd like to share with you a little bit of my experience. The first part of my home birth experience was sharing the fact that I wanted to do a home birth with my husband and our families. How did that go? <laughs> my husband, Stephen is a very steady person. That's like the first word that comes to mind when I think of him. He is very steady and he just takes a little more time to process things than I do. He is also someone whose natural response to new things is, mm, but that's not how it's done. Now, I will say he has grown enormously in this way of thinking since we've been married. And now we're making a lot of choices for our marriage and our family that are different from how we were raised. So he's a lot more open to new ideas than he used to be. And I say this as a compliment to him, not as a criticism of his past self. I really love that he's traditional and that he's convicted about his beliefs and I appreciate that he's been open-minded about some new ideas. That being said, when I brought up the fact that I would like to do a home birth with this amazing midwife I just got off the phone with, he was a bit hesitant, maybe. <laughs> he wasn't on board right away. He asked me, he said, okay, I need you to give me three days and I don't want you to bring this topic up for those three days. And when those three days have passed, I will come to you with my answer. I was like, okay. Okay. He is a man of his word. And he took those three days to really think and pray. And when those three days were up, he said, okay, if you really want to work with this midwife, I'm in, let's do it. And that was the beginning of a really beautiful journey for us as a couple. We took an online birth course together. I mentioned that last episode. We studied together. We went to appointments together. We talked about the birth plan together Choosing a home birth bonded us in ways I could never have predicted. And that preparation and then ultimately the home birth experience going through that together blessed our marriage enormously. I am so grateful for that journey as a couple. Now getting our families on board. <laughs> um, I don't think we ever really got our families on board per se, but to be frank, they didn't have to be. I love my family. I love Steven's family. I have incredible respect for both of our sets of parents and how they raised us. But choosing a home birth when our families weren't fully supportive of it and sticking to our plan as a couple, 
That was a really good exercise for our marriage because Stephen and I were a united front. We were one flesh and we didn't need our family's approval to move forward with the decision that we knew was right for our family. We listened to their input. Okay. So we listened to their input. We took their concerns seriously. I even asked my midwife a lot of their questions so that I could get information to share with my concerned family members. So I didn't disregard our family's opinions. But I felt so strong and sure in our decision that I didn't need their approval to know it was the right choice for us. (laughs) This funny little story. Apparently, after I gave birth to my daughter, my mother-in-law was telling her co-workers that I was like a pioneer woman. (laughs) This made me laugh because I don't think pioneer women were birthing in heated tubs of water with a hot shower at their disposal. But you know what? I will take that compliment and run with it. So... (laughs) All right, so now on to the actual labor and delivery experience. I am already a ways into this podcast, so I'm not going to share like a super detailed birth story, but I can share some highlights and a basic timeline to show what home birth care can look like. Now, this is, again, my experience with my midwife where I am, and this is not every single woman's experience, okay? So please know that whenever I'm talking about a topic like birth, It is very personal, and I know that my experience is mine and no one else's. And I know that Tanya has patients that are very different from me, and she's going to work with them differently. And that's a really good thing. One of the beautiful things about this type of care is it's personalized. Okay, so this is my experience. I went into labor on a Saturday evening. Actually, funny. Again, this is like bringing back so many funny stories. I went into labor. I was actually FaceTiming with my dad. And I remember I was like FaceTiming him and I was sitting on this big exercise ball because that's what I did at the end of my pregnancy all the time. And I was like, oh, man, that was a really weird pain. And my dad was like, maybe you should get off the phone and go call your midwife. And I was like, you're probably right. Thanks, dad. <laughs> so anyway, I went into labor on a Saturday evening. I even called my friend Adrian and was like describing this, the sensation to her. And I was like, is this a contraction? She was like, yeah, that's a contraction. I was like, okay, okay. I think I'm going into labor. So anyway, my contractions were pretty far apart. So I didn't call the on-call midwife until the middle of the night around 3 AM when my contractions started to speed up a bit. I was having trouble sleeping. I couldn't sleep. I was literally like draped over an exercise ball watching Downton Abbey in the middle of the night. So that was my life. She told me to continue laboring at home, to rest when I could, and to call back when contractions got to be about five minutes apart. So I remember I called back later that morning, maybe like eight or nine and contractions had definitely picked up. So my midwife and her assisting midwife arrived around 10 that morning. And I thought in my naivete, I was like, oh, I'm going to have this baby by lunch. (laughs) No, that's not what happened. Labor slowed down considerably, which my midwife said was my body's way of protecting itself because I was exhausted from not having any sleep. So she encouraged me to rest and she left for what she said was a lunch break, but she actually left for a few hours. And she later shared that she did that to make me feel less pressured to make progress simply because she was there, which was very kind because I would have felt that way. I would have been like, I called her. She's here. Why am I not progressing in labor? So when she got back later that afternoon, I think it was around two, she did my very first cervical check ever. I had zero cervical checks during pregnancy. And she only did one at this point because I asked, not because it's a policy. She was like, do you, do you want me to check? Do you want to know where you're at? And I was like, yeah, because cervical checks really don't tell us all that much. 
there's more to the story than like you're this many centimeters dilated. But I was getting kind of discouraged and I just wanted some kind of progress indicator. So I was six centimeters at this point, which really surprised me because I was just like, I'm not making any progress. Labor was picking up again. And I was like, I really want to get in the tub. I really want to get in the tub. But she didn't allow me to get in the birth tub until I was further along in active labor because she didn't want my body to relax too much. I really didn't like her in this moment, <laughs> but I listened to her because I trusted her. And my baby at this point was also flipped sunny side up, meaning that her face was facing forward instead of backward. And it's actually ideal for the baby's head to face backward when they come out. So she was able to help me flip my baby just by, by helping me labor in a specific position for several contractions. It's wild. And the, sometimes I've heard stories in the hospital like, well, your baby's backwards. We got to, you know, sorry, I got to take you to see. It's like, no, help a woman labor, learn positions that can help flip a baby. Anyway, when I was further along in active labor, Stephen and the midwives and my sister-in-law, Mary, shout out, Mary, thank you for coming. She was there the whole day. They set up the birth tub in our bedroom and I was in and out of that tub for a few hours, but I ultimately gave birth to Guinevere in the water around like seven something. I think it was like 7.32, maybe. I don't know. 7.32, I think was the time that evening, which is almost exactly 24 hours after my first contraction. During the entire process, like the whole day, Tanya was incredibly hands off. That's what my sister-in-law Mary said she remembered the most that was so striking to her. She was like, I just couldn't believe how hands off she was. She was mostly there to accompany you in the process. She wasn't intervening. So she didn't touch me unless absolutely necessary or by my request. She didn't intervene unless I asked or there was a very specific reason to like checking the baby's heart rate or things like that. She was there to answer questions, to talk to, and she encouraged me especially when things were really intense at the very end. I was so exhausted from not sleeping and from labor that I even passed out at one point, just like very briefly passed out. And I remember Stephen <laughs> waving peppermint oil under my nose to wake me up. Um, my favorite moment of the entire birth and my favorite moment with Tanya is when Guinevere was finally crowning. I, I cried when I wrote this down. Um, Guinevere was finally crowning and I was so discouraged and I was so tired and I just felt like I wasn't making any progress. And she got down on the floor and she looked me in the eye and she said, you need to reach down and feel your baby's head. You can do this. You are so close. Your baby is almost here. <laughs> and I just remember that moment. And when I touch, I... I leaned down and I, I was on all fours at this point and I touched Guinevere's head and something primal in me like awakened and just like, I just roared that baby out. I was so determined and I was reinvigorated by her encouragement. And a few minutes later, Guinevere was in the water and then she was in my arms and I just couldn't believe I was holding a baby. It's like, oh my gosh, there's a baby. <laughs> like this baby grew inside my body. This is my child. This is my child. And I didn't know it was a daughter at that point. I forgot to look. We didn't find out until that moment. And so I found out a moment later, oh my gosh, I have a daughter. I have a daughter. And um, I will just never forget that moment of her getting down and looking me in the eye and telling me, like, you can do this. Your baby is waiting for you. Your baby is here. So 
yeah, I just, I will never forget that. Birth was the single most physically painful and exhausting experience of my entire life. Like I'm not, I didn't have like some pain-free, peaceful, no, it hurt so much. I remember feeling a bit traumatized afterward, like just completely overwhelmed by how painful and arduous it was. I remember saying, I don't want to do that again for a long time. (laughs) And yet, just as God designed, thanks a lot, God, I have honestly forgotten what the pain feels like. I don't remember. I remember thinking, wow, that really hurt, but I don't remember what it felt like. Because I look at my beautiful daughter every single day and I would do that. I would do that a million times over to have her. I would do that a million times over. Right after she was born, I got to rest in the tub and just hold her. No one took her. No one started measuring. No one intervened. No one checked anything. It was quiet. I just got to hold my baby. And I got to revel in that first moment of being a mother on this side of the womb. It was peaceful. I also remember telling Tanya right after birth that I really wanted a burger. (laughs) She said, honey, you just delivered a baby. You could eat whatever you want. (laughs) When I was preparing for the afterbirth, which is when the placenta comes out, which does require some effort. I passed the baby off to Stephen. I call it, I don't know, it's weird. When I talk about my birth story, I don't think about her as Guinevere because we hadn't named her yet. So I just think of it as like the baby. So I passed the baby off to Stephen so I could focus on that part of labor. And then after that, it was time for me to get out of the tub. So I slowly got out of the tub and I climbed into my own bed and Tanya checked on Guinevere and she checked on me. And she stayed for a couple hours after Guinevere was born to get us settled and make sure there were no complications. And I have to tell you, in that experience, I was able to focus so much on my baby and myself. I literally have zero memories of the room being cleaned up. Like a few hours later, my midwife was gone and her assisting midwife, like everybody was gone. And I literally have no memory of like the tub being cleaned up or anything. It was just like my room was reset and all of a sudden I had this baby just like my friend Kathy described with like coming into her friend's house right after they had their baby. Like it just, it's, it's so peaceful. And, and I did get my burger. (laughs) My friend Katrina, who was also Guinevere's godmother, picked up some burgers for us and brought us dinner that night. She told me later that it felt like walking into a little slice of heaven when she entered our bedroom. And now she is preparing to give birth to her second child at home with Tanya. Tanya left me that night with um, very clear postpartum guidelines, which were to rest. Um, She said I should be in my bed for at least five days, which is wild. And people do not know that and they don't do that. And I am so glad that she was very strict about that with me in my bed for five days. She gave me the reassurance to call her at any time of day or night during my recovery. And she told me that she'd be back the next day for a 24 hour checkup. I never doubted that I was in the best hands. And I did have to call a few times in those days following, especially when major breastfeeding issues arose. That's a story for another podcast, but she was just so attentive and available. I had appointments with her several times over the next few months to make sure I was healing well and that Guinevere was thriving. And don't get me wrong, 
I do not want to be pregnant all the time, but I just wish I could have regular appointments with Tanya just to spend time with her. She is a remarkable woman, and I feel honored and blessed to have been in her care during my first pregnancy and during my birth. I absolutely loved having a home birth. I loved my midwife and the care I received because she truly cared for me as a whole person. I loved getting to labor at home and stay home in a place where I feel safe and totally myself. I loved Stephen's role in the birth process. Um, We grew together as a couple in a way I cannot even explain because he was so present and so active in that process. I loved sleeping in my own bed. Well, you know, as much as one sleeps with a newborn, (laughs) I liked being in my own bed. Maybe that's a better verb choice. I learned that I am so much stronger than I ever knew. I still think I'm like, I cannot believe I did that. I can't believe I did that. And I will 100% choose a home birth again for God willing future babies. I don't share any of this to convince people they should make this choice. I share this because it's a beautiful part of my story. I had a really positive birth experience and I want women to know they have options. That's something I talked about on last the last episode. Women have options and they can choose something different from what they've always known to be the case if they want. I loved my home birth and I really want women to have a positive birth experience and to know that this is an option that they have. If you are listening to this and have any specific questions about home birth, I would be more than happy to answer them. So please email me. My email is in the show notes, or you can DM me on Instagram. All right. My something beautiful this week is related to birth. It's a resource I put together over the course of many, many months. It is a spreadsheet of all my favorite and recommended baby things, both tangible items and online resources. Okay, maybe it feels a bit odd to share a spreadsheet as something beautiful, but I got to tell you, seriously, this spreadsheet is beautiful. Okay. <laughs> it's like, there's, it's, there's, it's colorful. It is, it is really beautiful. And I worked my tail off on this spreadsheet because I wanted other people to have something I wish I had had as a new mom. It includes an enormous amount of detail on many of the items, including things like why I loved or didn't love certain clothing brands like Hudson Baby is really cute, doesn't have a lot of stretch, Carter's has a lot of stretch, Old Navy, they run a little small, like things like that. I really wish that I had had something like this. And so I am going to make that accessible. I have shared this with several friends already, and they all said it was really helpful. So I will share a link to my beautiful spreadsheet in the show notes and feel free to share it with any um, moms, any pregnant women that you know. Thank you. Thank you for joining me this week. I hope you enjoyed listening to a bit of my birth story and listening to why we chose a home birth. Truly, if you have questions, let me know. I'd be happy to answer them. Have a lovely week. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Becoming Beauty. I hope today's episode blessed you. There are a few simple things you can do to share the message you heard today. One, share this episode with a friend who needs it. Two, share this episode on social media. Three, 
leave a rating and a review so more people can find this podcast. I would so appreciate your help getting this podcast into the ears, hearts, and minds of more people. Have a lovely week.